Welcome to Views of the Next Podcast, and I'm your host, Lama. I want to thank you all for tuning in as I give you a brand new episode each Thursday. And today, I am sick as hell. But happy Halloween to everybody. I hope y'all enjoying yourselves. Be safe out there because people are crazy, especially in the Bronx where I live. But anywho, I want to give a special shout out to all of y'all that's been rocking with this podcast since day one. The love and support has been truly appreciated. And I love getting feedback and messages from people that give their perspective on an episode that may be different from mine because sometimes i'd be like damn that's how you seen it nah i ain't see it that way and we have a full-blown conversation about episodes i love it like i love it um and it's also refreshing to hear that people are actually listening to the podcast in one setting that says a lot like you have somebody's attention for a whole hour and you have them entertained and engaged into your podcast that says a lot and I truly appreciate all of you that are just on this journey with me. But yeah, not to talk your head off of all that sentimental soft stuff and all that. But the episode last week with Funny Julius and Janelle had a lot of great feedback. It seemed like most of the listeners loved the fact that both parties were there, giving their outlook on the relationship. I want to try to find more people that would be willing to bring their ex onto the podcast. But I know that's a rare thing and people are not like with it and that's understandable i get it um a lot of people ask me this one question how do i pick my guests and i don't know sometimes sometimes just go off the gut if i see somebody's ig page and i'm like curious to know about their past i may reach out to them or sometimes i just may ask a friend who i might not know about their past relationships to be on the podcast but for the most part it's just mad random i just be curious and i reach out Sometimes I get a no, sometimes I get a yes, and we go from there. This week, that was the case. I randomly went through Yelda's page and noticed something, and I reached out to her. She said yes, we did the interview, and it's a good one. I'm not going to talk your head off too much. Tune in to this week's episode with DJ Yelda. Let me know what y'all think. Keep liking, following, subscribing, sharing, commenting. Everything I've been doing, message me, all of that. But most importantly, if you're listening to this on the Apple Podcast app, please give a review and rate for this podcast. That's important. Um, thank you for tuning in. I hope you'll enjoy. See you next Thursday. Welcome to this musical episode of Views of an X. On this episode, I have DJ Yelda, the talented and amazing DJ Yelda, and my bro, recording artist, Jason Wolf. Thank y'all for taking your time out of your schedules. Hi, and, yeah, What's for being that? here. Um, now, this episode is mainly DJ Yelda. Cause she's gonna speak about her ex. Oh Jason man. Jason Wolf has no exes, so he's he's here. He's a fly on the wall a little bit. Um, <laughs> he's gonna be my co-host for this one. Um, I don't know where to start with you. You have so many titles. Uh, let's go with like I've been following for what, like a few months now. So off the top, I will say entrepreneur, like they always say, entrepreneur, DJ, uh, creative, just the overall talent. Thank you. But you give us a bit of. Uh, a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, cool. So my day-to-day, 
is really just between music, mm-hmm. DJing. I'm starting production, getting into production. Right. What are you and using? Ableton. All right, that's that's yeah. That's the, that's, you using that? Jay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So you really producing? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is like you know what? Like I was like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm just gonna go right into it. Yeah, Even right. though actually yesterday I I sat down on Serato Studio and. I've it's never really seen that it's one. really built for DJs who are trying to become producers and so I love that but it's like I'm already sort of in that Ableton round I don't know we'll see um, I'm still playing around I'm learning yeah. I'm working on my first single all right um, and what's the genre or vibe or you can't give out any no you know what I would say it's just like I'm really focusing on bringing to life brown representation you know Mm -hmm. it's like brown people don't have a space in Mm. a lot of music today it's like black white spanish korea korean pop you know what i mean it's like brown people it's like bollywood yeah or like just middle easterns listening to their own old folk hymns you know (laughs) which i love to do but sort of just bringing to life a lot of classical traditional music i grew Mm -hmm. up listening to with like just that that like trap sound that I DJ. Got you. Have you heard of Snow Allegra? Yes. Yeah. Isn't she amazing? Yeah, she's Iranian. Really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. She is. Yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. So, so the DJ part, you have a company. And then I do have an organization called Camel Assembly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a collective of female artists and activists. It's, you know, we've built communities across four continents, mm-hmm. nine cities around the world, just like abundant sisters that come together and they're making and they're making change. And that's a lot of my everyday work, you know, yeah, 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 my, yeah. my everyday work is camel assembly and DJing, you know, to be honest for me is more of a community building vessel. Mm-hmm. It's like, I have incredible people around me that also want to go out and have a good time. Yeah. And, like my sound so you know it's sort of like djing is not the end goal it's much more of like a part of my life mm-hmm. and a part of the way that i bring my community together build your tribe um yeah, yeah but like i'm grateful and then where you from uh what do i look like what do i sound like what you, is it now What's you look your question? You, you look mixed with like i'll say three things i will say oh. you look this is always like fun. arabian with a little spanish and like some black dude was in there some somewhere, <laughs> like somewhere. But yeah, like a pause. Okay, we're just. Uh, I'm from Afghanistan. Really? <laughs> I'm not Would even gonna comment that? on that stuff. Yeah, I'm just a purebred Afghan. Yeah, but you know, that. Afghans, we are just like a product of rape and war. So mm-hmm. you're seeing Genghis Khan, you're seeing Alexander Gray, you're seeing Indian, you're seeing. I did my DNA and. It's like the DNA of a dumpling. <laughs> you know, the, du- <laughs> the dumpling sort of traveled from Turkey down the Silk Road all the way through to Korea. Yeah. And when I got my DNA, it was literally Turkish, Iranian, Indian, Chinese, Korean, on like all of the stands, you know, like Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, wow. Kazakhstan. Like it was the whole Silk Road, you know? And so Dang. it's funny though, because I always say people, always say like oh you don't look afghan and you're like 
no Afghan ever says that to me. And that's right. where it's so clear how lack of representation there is of what mm -hmm. people look like. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like my father has green eyes and his whole family has blonde hair. Yeah. And so there's just, it's, it's just a awareness thing, you know? And so it's very important for me to rep that I'm from Afghanistan yeah, because yeah. no, this is what Afghanistan looks like. Mm -hmm. And, um, unfortunately the media represents our people in not the most positive ways. And so it is important for me to yes. be like, yeah, I grew up in, you know, I grew up in Canada where my family were refugees Yeah, and I was born in Germany and that journey. And then we grew up in Canada, grew up in Toronto. You have a whole story to you. Yeah. yeah but, and then I moved to, I moved to New York. 10 years ago, actually, for the ex that I'm about to discuss. Oh, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Now, before we get there, give segue. me three words to describe this ex. So I can keep oh, that in mind. Rough one. But oh. you know what? It's okay. It's fine. We'll do it. Um, right now. As per my therapist at that time, narcissistic. All right. Funny. All right. One more. Empty. Empty. Funny, narcissistic, empty. All right. Mm. Now, I tell all my guests this. All exes are anonymous. And I... Oh, no. I, he knows who yeah, he is. So, <laughs> <laughs> the name that you give your ex for this episode is... You wrote Sloppy. <laughs> Do you want to keep that name? Yes, yes, yes. All right, yes, all right, all right. Because yes. so, that's... that's he only he would know that it's him. I, I picked but, a name so that only he would know it's him. But yes. sloppy. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um. Tell me about why you even brought me here. Yes, that's the <laughs> that was the thing. I was like, I got something. All right. Now, before we start, I wanted to let you know why I brought you here. Why I asked you to be on the show. Uh oh. All right, Jason, hit us up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I think she you went to L.A. So you had like a whole bunch of posts and on your L.A. LA trip. Cool. So I just clicked on your name, looked at your page, and I noticed there's no men in sight, like mm -hmm. none, like not even a, like a sense of a vacation mm -hmm. that she's been on, nothing. It's like her, her taking like these model pics, her doing DJing, her doing uh, her, Me with my her girls. camel Me assembly, with my yes, girls. yes, but there's no men in sight. Mm -hmm. So, so I attentive. became yeah. So I became curious, George, and I was like. I told my, my homegirl, I was like, you think I should ask her to be on my show? Because I'm like curious to know why is this like, why, why is no men on this page? And mm -hmm. if she, she's dope. So I'm looking at her page. I'm like, yo, what type of man would be with Yelda? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask her to be on the show. <laughs> like 20 minutes later, I was like, let me, how I'm going to form this up. Typed it up, asked her. I, she, she seen it. And it was like 10 or 15 minutes passed. Mm -hmm. And she was like, that's different. <laughs> she was like, I never did an interview like this, but I would do it. Uh -huh. And I was hyped. I was like, yes, yes. When can we do it? Da, da, da. Um, and yeah, you're here. Yeah. I would, yeah, because, you know, it was very much like something that in the past it would just be an easy now. Yeah. Now. There's like, no, we don't need to talk about that stuff. It's There's so much to talk about. But I understand that, like, there is something to connecting with people on the journey and sharing mm -hmm. and being vulnerable and showing your human side. Yeah. So when you hit me, it was, you know, it was the right time in my life. Cause I was like, yeah, sure. I'm ready to be a little more vulnerable right. also, because as you see on my Instagram, like my Instagram is very, um, calculated, you yeah. know, it's like that, that's a strategic move for me because mm -hmm. my life is my women's organization and my DJing. Yes. So when I post it's, 
you're gonna see me with my girls or me DJing yeah. or me looking good. You know what I mean? Like that's I was what you're like, gonna see. And I always tell even like my best guy friends, my brothers, I'll be like, you're gonna make this story, but you're not gonna make a feed. <laughs> it's just not my strategy. And it's funny that you picked up on that because yeah. you know no one's actually called me out on it. But I think as a creative, is that a thing? Like you gotta we don't... tell a story really quickly. Oh, go ahead. You know, it's like, no, it's like on Instagram, we got to tell stories really quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you got 14 seconds to assess who I am. Right. You're going to know I'm out here. I'm DJing. I'm with my girls and I'm doing good. You got to know that real quick. You don't need to know the rest. If you are interested and maybe I'll tap in and share the rest. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But is that like a creative thing? Because I do the same thing. I was like, this is my page. This is my brand. Like the girls I do mess with, they were like, "Oh, why you don't post me?" They're, I'm like, "No, this is this is it says llama. That's that's my page." Are you like that, Jason? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's hard for certain people to make the distinction about social media because you know some people social media is connected to their personal life, and some people engage with social media because it's part of their business or yeah. like branding. You know what I mean? So some you know some people are going to use it a different way, and some other people are going to be yeah less judicious with what they put on there you know right so now let's get into the ex right where did you meet him at a wedding how did yeah i'm i only been to one wedding so how did that go about okay well so in my culture weddings are like the bar it was like that's where you go to like meet people you know what i mean it's like a wedding we have like 400 person weddings it's like a whole affair so it's like everyone gets you know dressed up and like knows that like everyone's just on the prowl at these Mm -hmm. weddings um for reasons that like we won't even get into because we're not going to talk about like repression and religion and stuff but um (laughs) (laughs) you know the wet the wedding scene is like a big one and when i i mean i saw him at the wedding and i actually like I sniped him immediately. You know, I was like, "Wait, I, wait where were you in, in in your life at this time?" Okay, so I was living like you know a very traditional Muslim girl life. Right. I was living in Toronto. I had graduated from the University of Toronto. What part of Toronto were you on? Mississauga. What's oh, up? Saga <laughs> team. She was a saga <laughs> team. Okay. Um, you know, my family's still in Mississauga. Yeah. Um, and I had started my career. So I was working at a yeah. TV station. I was in, in media, working at a telev- television station. And so for me, it's like, as a traditional Muslim girl, I'm like, I got my degree. I got my job. My next step is a husband and then a baby. Like, you know what I mean? Right. It was all very on track. Yeah. Um, and for him, where he was at in his life, he, I was, you know, 22. He was 35. Sheesh. So where he was in his life, where he was, he was like, I've done my thing. I've lived alone for like, you know, since I was 18, like I've made money, I'm successful. And now I'm sort of ready to like find yeah, yeah. the neck, the piece of the puzzle. So I, the way I always describe it is like two people that were trying to just find the piece find of the puzzle. They yeah, both yeah. felt like they were ready to. Um, so, all right, let's and go back. And it all started very yeah. much as a fairy tale. Let's go back. So you sniped him. You've seen him. I sniped him. And yeah. he kept looking at me. And I literally said to my sister, and I would never truly say this, let alone to my sister. Uh, I said, 
that better come and marry me. Like, look at how much he's looking at me. And my sister was like, You're crazy. Like, he's there with his other girl. And I was like, Wait. He's not there with that girl. I knew that. I was like, That's his sister or his cousin. Like, you could tell they're not together. She was like, mm, Maybe. Whatever. Fast forward. Two weeks later. Wait, it's wait, no, season. no, no, you can't fast no, forward. No, no, nothing happens. No, you, who got the number? Happens. Like, how? nothing happens. This oh, is what, what I'm saying. All right. Nothing happens. But it's like wedding season in the culture. And it's like two weeks later in that same like extension of family. Mm-hmm. So I'm there from the group. The, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm there from the groom side of the family. He's there from the bride side of the family. And. Two weeks later, that same family has another wedding. And we're like, oh, that family has two mm. weddings we're going to. No big deal. We're not that close wow. to the family, but we would attend a wedding, right? And I thought to myself, I wonder if he's from this family. Like, I wonder if I'm going to see him again, you know, thinking maybe he lives in Toronto. And so I just, like, pulled up to the wedding looking really good, you know, just being like, oh, you know what? I wonder if I'm going to see him at this wedding. And within, like, minutes, I saw him at the wedding and I was like, you know what? I feel really good about this. Like, I've never seen this man in my life. And I'm like very, very attracted to him. And not in like, maybe in a physical way, but just in like a, some type of energetic way. I really do believe he was a vessel, you know, in my life and have no regrets about that relationship. But it was like, it was very easy for me to be like this person. And we just, what, so what had happened though was, after that first wedding, he had asked his aunt, like, you know, you know those people? Like, mm-hmm. who are those people? Who is that girl? You know what I mean? And his aunt was like, oh my God, this guy's 35. He's never asked for, <laughs> like, he's never asked for any girl. He's always been living this, like, bachelor life. Yeah. So she was like, at the second wedding, she sniped me. She grabs him and she brings him onto the dance floor. I'm on the dance floor. She brings, I don't even know this woman. And she just sort of like, brings him in front of me and drops him <laughs> sure. like yes. drops me and i'm like and he just sort of looks at me and goes oh this is awkward right and um <laughs> i didn't know what to say so i just started yeah. laughing and just like walked away like I didn't, I didn't really do anything long story short by the end of that wedding he got my number so he got my number and then i heard from him like three days later All right. via email and what was crazy that's was, different <laughs> no but what was crazy so this is like you have to think like over 10 years ago I had given him my email address because at that time I was like I'm not giving you my number you know mm-hmm. what I mean like that was that was my sort of like swag yeah and what was crazy was that he on that trip to Toronto lost his cell phone got to New York where he lived and found my email address in his pocket. And he was oh, like, shit. oh, Fake. that's some shit. Like, actually, I was about to get home, get on my phone and hit up some bitty. And I don't have my phone. I've lost my phone. And I got this girl's email address. Like, I might as well just email this girl. And he emailed me. And I remember in Canada, it was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I remember Thanksgiving, like, I had wrapped dinner. Family, you know, extended family had left. And I had popped, I had gotten this email. And he was like, what's up? I don't even have your number. I'm emailing you. You know, whatever. And we started, like, talking for, like, two weeks. He flew out. I'm going to just get into this because this is oh, a yeah, crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he flew out two weeks later. And 
like proposed to me that weekend like it was it was a wrap it was done it was done so that's, that's why i said it was tale. very that's some crazy very rich tale. asian no but that's <laughs> what was crazy he didn't no he didn't propose with like a ring he proposed with some like let me i'm gonna go get a ring and i'm proposing to you right now right now and it was like okay go and get a ring and then Holy you know he shit. got a ring and within six months like i had quit my job in toronto moved to new york city um was uh. married it, it was like a whirlwind. Got married and like three days later was like, what Shit, the I'm in New York. fuck have <laughs> I actually just done? And I'm 22 years old. And like, where was everyone to guide me, to be honest? I don't know what Nobody knew? Doing. Wait, how many people knew? Not my family. I mean, my family was sort of like, you don't know this guy. He's much older than you. But you know, young. they were apprehensive. Yeah, but they were sort of like, they're traditional, so they're like, well, you did go to and get your degree. You did get a job. Like, your next step is to get a husband. And he put a ring on your finger. So, like, okay, go ahead, you know? And I was suddenly in New York City with a man that I didn't know. And, um... Let's, let's get into the relationship part. Uh, yeah, okay, Because you cool. said you've been with him for three years. Yeah. So, they get married real quick. Yes. And how did the relationship start off? You know, the relationship was like very immediately actually was like it became it was like a father daughter relationship. It was like tuck you into bed, tell you a story, not fuck you type of relationship really quickly where it was like he. I don't know why you know i'm not speculating to any reasons of what why who how when nothing i don't know why but it's like there was no sex in our life and it was like i am you know you're young and i'm like am i not cute like i'm 22 i'm in lingerie i'm trying to like attract my husband and He's like, yeah, don't make a issue, like a non-issue issue. Like, don't worry about it. Like, what's up? It, like, can't, like, can't, can't perform. Like, you know, and so it's like, it's taking a, an effect on my self-esteem as a young woman thinking, I must not be attractive. I must not be this. Mm-hmm. I must not be that. Um, and what's crazy is it's like, it just became normal. It was like, we were married. We would, you know, by the second month, maybe we'd have sex, like, once a week. And then it would be, like, once a month, once every six months. And so it became very uncomfortable to be even sexually engaged because it was, like, I don't do that with you. What I do with you is, like, lay around, fill a talk, talk some shit, get on our cell phones, you know what I mean? And, like, watch basketball games together. And, like, we had become roommates and, like, boys. And so it's, like... As a young woman, it really, really affected and was a foundation of my self-esteem and how I started perceiving my body and how I started perceiving myself and how I would shame myself in not being enough. But, you know, now as a woman, I can very, very clearly see that there was something outside of me that was the problem in in that marriage. And so that was actually the unspoken core issue. Mm -hmm. How that manifested is in many ways but for three years you said three years you've been with this guy yeah if it's no sex did you think about cheating did you think about no 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 yeah because it's like i i have been raised very traditionally as a muslim woman you know and so it's like 
actually what's funny about this relationship is like he left me in the end because it's like that is how traditional I was it's like I'm never gonna stop trying like I'm, I'm not going anywhere like I have if I've dedicated and devoted myself I'm about my word and so mm. like that is how I move and so you know there was no point in me doing that it was just me more so having to convince myself like this is normal he's really stressed he works you know like mm-hmm. a high stress job like he's really stressed he works a lot like maybe he has you know there was he had hair loss issues and so he was taking this medicine for his hair loss and his sister who was a doctor was like you know that's gonna affect his penis you know and i was like I don't think it has. <laughs> like, I think it has. You know, like this is a man now in his later 30s. I don't know anything about his medical history or a- anything. And it's like, well, maybe it has affected it because that's what I'm experiencing, you know? Um, and, you know, that's the thing. You, you can't talk to a guy about his performance in bed. Like, come on, guys. I'm sitting at a table with you both. You tell me. How is a woman supposed to approach you and say, why can't can't your penis get hard? Why can't, like, this? Why can't, like, why? A man is so defensive and, like, immediately actually will blame you for things. And my ex would be like, man, like, you know, I just, I like thick girls. You know, you thin. And it was like... (laughs) You married me. You literally married me. I have never changed my body weight my whole life. I have been 98 pounds. I just don't change. I can't even fluctuate. It's like you. So that's where I say it really started affecting me. But as an older woman today, I can tell that younger self. It had nothing to do with you. You know, you were a scapegoat for a lot of things. A lot of different things. But, you know, it is hard to have those convos. And it's actually a real thing that today I have these convos with my girls who are in marriages 10 years this time they're like you know we don't have sex it's okay though like we're best friends and it's like i don't know how i feel about that to be honest for me i personally don't think that's okay and my mom you know when i was going through the divorce my mom was like what happened he cheated on you he beat you what did he do for you to leave him because you don't leave your man in my culture you know what i yeah, mean yeah, it's yeah. like when i got married I, the words my mom said to me in our language was may you leave his house in a coffin you know that's like that's the mentality is like right. you better die with this man like that's what you've signed up for is to die beside this man life is hard and long and like our women are very very like sacrificing mm-hmm. and to be honest in the end it's like my mom was like wait y'all ain't fucking that's, she knew that part no and that when because she was like dude what happened and i was like no we just we don't have sex and she was like wait what like that is 90% of how you actually solve issues yeah. in your relationship right. is through intimacy. And if you yeah. don't have that, you're just roommates, uh. you know? And that was where she was like, oh, yeah, well, then you got to go. And that was when, for actually, as a woman, I realized, like, oh, that's real. Yeah. Like, that's a real thing. Like, I don't actually need to just... I think that women, I'm so, I'm, I hate to say this, but I'm so grateful I don't have children. You know what I mean? Because that would be my problem right now. But there's a lot of women today that like, then they have children and then they're like, it's okay. I have this life without sex and passion. And, you know, but he comes and shows up for dinner with the kids. It's like, I don't know. I just say maybe my call to action is like, just believe in that there's more. Yeah. Because I, you know, 
I couldn't have continued in that life. And actually, you know, I say he left me, but it's like he didn't leave me because like he he left me because it was like I, I'm not changing myself. Like yeah. you thought you was getting a 22 year old girl and she was gonna be sculptable. You picked the wrong 22 year old girl because I really have always been the way that I am and you know understand where my intuition speaks to me and you ain't gonna fake me and gaslight me on it and I know when something's wrong. Yeah. Um. So. That was a big, that was basically a big issue of like why the relationship didn't last, you know? Like, now let's get back into like your relationship. What? Interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah. What are some things y'all did have in common besides the sex part and, and sports? You said, what are some things? Oh, he was so funny. Honestly, like, I, I'm going to say I really think I'm funny. <laughs> I love, uh, like, I just love funny people, you know what yeah. I mean? It's like, I love making people laugh all day, and I like to compete with, like, I've grown up with siblings, and it's, like, always, like, who's the funniest, you know? It's always competing of, like, yeah. who laughed the most and, like, topping off each other's jokes, and we had that, you know? And his sense of humor was, like, I was always laughing, and so that's actually for three years I was, like... Uh, well, I'm just laughing though, and like you know, I was with a. Fr- it felt like I was with like a friend, you know, yeah, just yeah. like that. What it wasn't so bad, mm-hmm. you know. I can't sit here and say like what a horrible. Like it wasn't so bad. It was like it was loveless. It was passionless. It was sexless. But like he was really funny. He was yeah. really intelligent. And like when as a young woman, actually, I can give him a lot of credit in that. Like he helped me learn how to use my brain in different ways. He helped me, he challenged me, you know, he would believe in me and be like, no, I really think you could do that thing. And I'd be like, you know what, you're fucking right. And so he was very supportive in those ways. Mm -hmm. Like, um, we, yeah, like we, we didn't, it wasn't like, oh, we had so many hobbies we shared together or anything like that. But like, we laughed a lot together we shared stories we were both in like moments of our careers that we were grinding in very intellectual ways and like Mm -hmm. sharing in that sense and sharing that space together um and just like exploring culturally like traveling and just like exploring things that were new to both of us um but you needed that sex part. <laughs> but like, well, I mean, that's the thing. Because it's like, I do that shit now. I live that whole last life with my like sisters now. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like. If you could pick a moment out of your three years relationship with, with your ex, what moment would you pick? A favorite moment? Favorite. <laughs> so many? <laughs> you know, to be honest, like. <laughs> when I say like. We we really bonded on sense of humor. Like yeah, before Instagram days, we would low key do skits. You know, like yeah. just for ourselves. Like he would film me, and I would be doing some type of skit, or he would do a skit, or we, and we would just do that between each other. And that, like, I remember we did a skit of like the Titanic sinking, our own version of it. But it was like literally on like small screen phones, and like you know, it was just like a beautiful time of life where it's like you know what people have issues people don't always Mm -hmm. i personally don't feel like we all need to promise each other forever but those moments you're able to connect with him Mm -hmm. you know and it's pure and it's like these pure moments where you're like children yeah you know like it's that innocence and you're like 
ego's not involved and like promises, expectations, disappointments, all this stuff is not involved. It's just like kids that are like playing yeah. with each other. That's my favorite moment in yeah, a relationship, yeah. you know. Yeah, so he still had a, a little youth in his he was older. He was older, so he still had a little. Oh music. yeah, but he was like a really young, older dude, but like definitely set in his ways. You mm-hmm. know, definitely set in his now, ways. Now was he your type? Like you described him as six. He was. He was tall. He was tall. Yeah. Yo, he was ha- tall. Wait, hold on, hold on. When I seen that, have you ever met a <laughs> Middle Eastern person that was tall? Yes. Really? Yeah. Six four, like six five, six six. Yeah, you've been about like men or women. Men, men. both. Both. Never yeah. met a tall, yeah, meet a, meet a yeah. person. All right, so yeah. that that threw me off. Yeah. That was your type, like tall. You know, I actually. All right, I you're like what? This. Hold on, you're like five. Period. Feet. Yeah. All right, so this guy being a six four, I was like. He said like, he'd be like, you know, people look at you and think you're a freak. I'm like, why? <laughs> why? I don't even get that. To be honest, I always say this is like, I feel like I don't have any type like. My this guy I dated when I was a like teenager was mm-hmm. literally like three hundred and thirty pounds and like hella hairy and people would be like Yelda, what is that? What are you doing? <laughs> and I'd be like, man, he's hella funny. Like he was so <laughs> funny. And for me, I feel like it's all energy. You know what I mean? Like I would be attracted to someone yeah. if they feel good like you know i love to find like the good in people and so i don't have a type like he was six four my ex is probably five nine like i don't i don't know about that like you know my ex is black so people that know me now they're like oh you must date black guys i'm like no he's like one of the first black guys i did i did brown guys like you know um i don't have a type you know what i mean okay fine i've never been with a white man nor will i be on record (laughs) on record because i'm personally not like the whole pink thing. Uh, I don't want to experience it in my lifetime. <laughs> this one, maybe another one, not this one. So, yo, all right. That's just a type yeah. for me personally, but there's no type of like no, it's like good human <laughs> The pink thing. The whole, no, that's Oh man. Bless you all up there. Bless you. Now I heard somebody said white people don't have lips, so that's why they they're not attracted to them. And I was like, all right, that's but, decent. Uh, but to be the, honest, I don't feel like white guys are even attracted to me. I feel like I'm just like, no, too much for a man. Fumble. You know, I think they're just like, oh, what a creature. Let's <laughs> point at it. <laughs> Let's describe the moment when it came to an end. He ended it. Now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now it becomes really dark. Really? Yeah, totally. You know, (laughs) like (sighs) quiet storm, right? right (laughs) (laughs) Did he send an email? (laughs) No, you know what? I remember. I remember. I had gone to Toronto. You know, where my family, and I had come back mid July. I'd gone for like five days. I had. Spent some time with one of my best friends and her husband. Looked at them, really, really seen like healthy mm-hmm. love, and thought, you know what, I want that. And as a matter of fact, I'm 25 years old. I'm a grown ass woman now. I know everything about life. You know what I mean? I was like, let me go home and sit my man down and say, like, hey, this isn't father daughter. I'm your equal. I'm your other half. Like, right. let's. 
we were at that point, we were looking to buy a home here in New York City, you know what I mean? In New York City, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Having to have a baby the next step, like that traditional steps. And it's like, I, I went home from Toronto and I sat him down. And I was like, listen, I want to sit you down. I want to have a conversation with you. Like, what are we doing here? You know, we don't have yeah. sex. We're looking to buy a house. Like, I don't know a single thing about our finances. You know, it's like we've played the typical gender roles. Like, I work. I don't know. You know, he works. I swipe a card that is a joint. I don't have to see the bills. Like, I don't have to worry about it. You know what I mean? I take care of the house. He, you know, like, I sat down being like, like, I want to be another half, like a half in this relationship. Yeah. I want to pay bills. I want to be active. I want to be having sex i want to like i want what's going on in our relationship we're sitting around looking to buy a house and have a child but mm-hmm. we have things we need to talk about and i'll never forget it was basically along the lines of this is not an exaggeration it's just probably not exactly but like it was yeah you know i fucked up oh man three years in and he did proceed to go on fairly and actually like i don't think it's unfair he said like yeah i'm not built for this shit like i tried you know what i mean like i don't want to be responsible for you or a fucking kid or i don't want to be in this shit like i'm you know like i fucked up i'm human like can i make mistakes right and it was like sheesh i guess you can actually like we both made a mistake. We know that shit. You know what I mean? And that mm-hmm. became like, okay, cool. But when you're married and divo- and going through a divorce, like what ended up happening, and I, you know, I think we should talk about it because I think it's really important, you know, is like, what happened when I started calling my friends and family, you know, 25 mm-hmm. years old and telling people like, I am about to, I'm going through a separation right now. Like my marriage is ending. Um, a lot of things happened. Forget, forget about all the domino effects of like culturally the repercussions mm-hmm. and like, you know, but the majority of, you know, the people who are like, I got your back. Let me give you good advice. Right. Like, cause we're all tribal human beings. We're like, our best friends going through something, we got something to say about it because we think we know what's best for them. So mm-hmm. everyone had an opinion. And the majority of the opinion, no, not the majority, everyone's opinion was basically from my parents to my friends to everyone was like, okay, he trying to get a divorce? Cool. Take him for half, right? That's what it is, yeah. right? Take him for half. Yeah, yeah. It was like my dad being like, <clears throat> he took your use. <laughs> I was like, my youth, I'm 25. I'm like, you really got me <laughs> fucked up. You know what I mean? And like, people are really just like, pressuring me to take him for half of his money you know and it's like at this point there's a man in his late 30s he works a finance job in new york city on wall street he makes good money i've lived a good life while i've been married and um and on top of that you know he i i never paid a bill you know what i mean i always worked i worked a job i made money but mm-hmm. it's like I, I also swiped left and right didn't worry about it like I give him a lot of credit for like I didn't really have to worry about any of that stuff so when that moment came where everyone was like you gotta take him for half for me I was like I couldn't sleep at night it didn't feel right to right, me you know right. because I first of all like 
I have a legacy ahead of me that I'm building and I'm very excited for it. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't want that on my resume, to be honest. Like, I didn't want to say, like, I got a break at 25 because a man made a wrong decision and I made a wrong decision. Like, why? He worked his whole life for that money. And I'm going to work my whole life for mm -hmm. my money, you know? And, like, that is actually how I believe in my life. And so I had come to a place where I had decided, you know, I can't do it. And I had already put in like $4,000 of my own money into the lawyer's fees and pulled out. And my lawyers were like, what? Like, you know, this guy's got money. Why are you not taking it? And I was like, I, I lived a good life. <laughs> he fucking made a mistake. I made a mistake. Let's go. I, I literally took my clothes and I left. Mm -hmm. But at, in, in the, but in the moment that I sat down with him, you know, where... I hate to say I fucked up. I didn't fuck up, but where I fucked up in the in the grand scheme of things, like in that moment, I thought, look at me making all these good decisions for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm proud of myself. But you know what? Justice needs to be served. And I was in this marriage for three years. I need to know what were the assets just because you never shared them with me. And you mm -hmm. know what? You deserve to tell me. And at this point, I had already canceled my lawyers. I had already known my decision was I had not told him this thing because it was a character game. It was a chess game. And it was like, I want to see this character. And I had sat him down and I said to him, I said, I want show me all the assets. I want to know what there is. Yeah. And in his mind, he's thinking, this bitch is taking me for half. For me, That's I'm the thinking first like, thought. right, he's really freaking out. And for me, I'm excited. I'm thinking by the end of this conversation, I want to give him a surprise. I'm going to be like, babe, you know what? You're good. Thank you. And I respect you for have sharing that, share that with me because I also didn't want to be like a dummy trophy wife that was like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I walked away. It's like, no, I want to be able to say I knew what it was and I walked away. And I took those important, smart steps as a young woman. I really thought I was making the right decision for myself. But the thing is, he thought I was coming for him. Mm. And he really didn't know my character still. And like, he was, that was somebody yeah. that is obsessed I, with money for me. It's like, you know, I learned from the situation, like you don't play with people that are obsessed with money. Right. And for me personally, I actually don't even like to do business with people that are obsessed with money because I, yeah, I want money, of course. Yes, God bless, let's have abundant mentalities. But people that are obsessed with money, you know, people that like are obsessed with money, that's a next level thing. I know the character of those types of people. I don't want them around me personally. Yeah. And he tried to throw me out of a window. And that's a wow. real thing, you know? And it's like, these are really stories that I never have gone on the record and shared, but it's like, that man really like grabbed me from the top of my head by my hair. My, I had like hair down my back and he threw me over his shoulder, six foot four. I told you that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Six foot four. And I was kicking against the walls, screaming at the top of my lungs. We're living in the Upper West Side in like, you know, a beautiful doorman building. And he, he 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 realized like i'm about to kill this girl you know what i mean and so it's like he just like tossed me across the room like a dog and like Sheesh. that's when i realized it was like how disappointing because what you don't understand is i already was not going to take anything from you what yeah. i was trying to do is make sure that i looked like someone that wasn't stupid when people asked me questions and i knew my answers and i wasn't equal but like you know that was a moment where it was like oh like this is the type of people that live in this world. And like, mm -hmm. for me, I'm grateful that I'm just no longer married. It just made it so much easier. And at that point, it's like, I always say this, he could come on the record and say this. I never took a spoon from that house 
a plate, a pot. I took my clothes. I took my socks. I took my underwear. I didn't take a single thing. And I, I worked my entire time in that. Like, I had an entire career, a whole last career in media. And that, so it's not like I was just like, oh, I was just married to a man. And he worked. No, I was working. I was making $80,000 a year. I was mm-hmm. a whole last grown woman. You know what I mean? I took my clothes and I fucking left because it was like, I don't fuck with mm-hmm. this level of people that actually like there's no morals there's no values there's no sight like you you could kill me and there was a long time in my life where it was like it could he kill me like you know what i mean like and meanwhile i got the closest people to me telling me to take him for money y'all got me fucked up because this man could kill me right right and you're not worried about my safety and i think that there's a lot of importance in empowering women to know their rights and know you know what they're allowed and to have in an equation but it's very important for us to also remember like you can go and make your fucking own shit you never ever have to be with someone for anything that's what we worked this long for is like there was a time we needed men because we weren't allowed to work we work now we don't need anything from anyone you know what i mean and so that was you know it was a highly traumatizing relationship in a very light comedic way, to be honest, because it's like the love was never there. The pa- You know, this whole situation would have hurt so much if I was in love with him. Right. But it wasn't. Yeah, As to I told you other. in the beginning of the story, it was two people putting pieces of the puzzle yeah. together. Like it wasn't actual love. I wasn't in love with him. You know, mm-hmm. if I was in love with him, it would definitely have devastated me right. but I actually don't feel like when you're in love with somebody and it's real unconditional love that you move like that with them right. I don't think that that happens when you actually um, honor and respect somebody like my ex that's what I was saying my, my most recent ex that's my best friend like you know like honor respect when that love is real it's no love lost yeah yeah now mentally when you left that were you like how did you bounce back to being... Were you yourself still? Or how did you bounce back to being yourself? <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. Wait, hold on. To go back. You weren't DJing at this time. <laughs> exactly. All right, all right. <laughs> so what's crazy is like... In my marriage, one thing he always would say to me was like... You ain't got no hotties. Mm, young. You was young. And no, it's not even that I was young. As I mentioned, like... I grew up as a, as a really traditional Muslim girl. I wasn't allowed to do anything, you know? Oh, like, right. Right. I wasn't allowed to do arts, yeah. music. I wasn't allowed to go out. I wasn't allowed to, like, play sports. I wasn't allowed to do anything. So when he would say, like, do you have hobbies? I remember being like, that's like a foreign language. Like, you're speaking another language to me. I don't know what you're saying. Like, you know, I, I couldn't understand it, even though I knew so much that internally, I knew so much creativity and stuff was ahead for me. In the moments where he was like, you don't have hobbies, I was like, what do you mean? Like, Zumba? Like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> and so when I when I was going through the separation, the first thing I thought to myself was like, bitch, you need a hobby. You are alone now. You know, I live here alone. My whole family's in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I was not intensely building communities when I was mm-hmm. married. Um, and so I was really alone. And so I started DJing in my house. For myself and it became my art therapy you Man, know how, let's go to the start how yeah. did you get into it so it was crazy because like 
I've only recently realized that like I've always been a DJ, you know, like okay, let me, mm-hmm. let that's me how, that's I just how gotta do this. Start. I just yeah. gotta do this right now because I went to uh, Toronto a few weeks ago and my mom was like, What is all this? <laughs> Yo the left the mic. She's gonna yeah. get something. Just, <laughs> what just the fuck? Wait, just hold on. And just read the top of that. Just read that out loud. What does that say? Back to school mix. Back to like two with the two. With a just two. pass that out like literally endless mixtapes that I no, would it's make. Like a hundred CDs. No, this is just one pile of it them. It says May Mix. Ah, that one is every month. I'll have another Hip-hop one. Hip hop and other ten. <laughs> Yo, and so what I Yo, this is so is like, old school, bro. I was. Remember we used to go and try to. Yo, one this of my old. one of my boys hit me up a few years ago, being like, Yo, I remember wow. you used to hit me up saying, Yo, this girl Rihanna, she about to blow. Like I was really on in yeah. Toronto, in Mississauga, being Wait, like, What's your sign? I'm a Capricorn. All right, all right. Do I know Caps that's into music? I was born the same day Martin Luther King Jr. Oh, check you out. You know. I don't know any Caps that's into music. No, music but, is our vessel. Really? Caps, that's our thing. Man. Yeah. So anyways, crazy. it was crazy because I realized like they're all mixes. So basically the thing about it was like, I've, I've always been doing this. And so when I thought of a hobby, the first thing I thought was like, you're always the girl in the party that's like, let me play on my ox. Let me, let me, let me do it. <laughs> And you're always the person that's putting people on to new music and being like, listen to this new artist, listen. And I'm really proud of like how diverse mm-hmm. my background is with music. Wait, J- you know Jay, what I that's mean? how we met. Like she it was, oh, on, a, it was yeah. on a radio station, more soup. He's, he's a DJ. In Shout the city. Out she was the guest. And then he had me as like a, a, a feature on there. And we talking and she's like, have you ever heard of this person? No, she was playing music at the time. And she's like, have you ever heard of this person, this person? And I'm like, I never meet women, especially women, that put me onto new music. Yeah, and she put me onto like several artists. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of Baby Keem? Baby Keem? Yeah. Oh man, you're gonna like him. After this, you gotta listen. Wow. She put me onto Baby Keem. On the record. <laughs> yeah. On the record. But um, and so it was so natural for me to be like, you're you don't you're not gonna pick up a guitar. I knew it was music. It was like you're not gonna pick up a guitar or piano right now. Why don't you do like a whole self-sustaining thing? And so I thought to myself, and what was crazy was that at this point, what had happened was my ex-husband had realized I wasn't taking him for his money. So he was like, my friend again. (laughs) (laughs) And And so one day I was talking to him and he was like, how are you? Yeah, yeah, like, how are you doing? And I was like, you know, I'm thinking about like taking a DJ class or something. Like, I need a hobby. Uh, And he said to me, he goes, yo, before you start putting your money into taking a DJ class, pick up a book. And if you really finish that book, then like go and take a class, whatever. And I was, and that's where he was always very like fatherly. And yeah. I was like, oh, I took those steps, and then I went and bought um, off the record. You How know, to DJ? No, off the record, JMJ. Oh, Scratch right. Academy. That's good. Oh and, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And I finished that book, and I was like, yeah, no, I actually want to still do this. And at that time, you know, shout out Dubspot and people that know that culture mm-hmm. in New York City back in the day, like, you know eight years ago sort of like so there was Scratch there was Scratch Academy's always mm-hmm. been doing its thing shout out Scratch Academy yeah. um, Dubspot was this new wave school that was coming up and Scratch is like very you know Serato driven yeah. turntable driven Scratch driven yeah. Dubspot was like we're gonna teach you Serato we're gonna teach you how to scratch we're gonna teach you turntables we're also gonna teach you CDJs and tractor and production mm-hmm. and so it was like uh I'm actually interested in doing this. Well, I actually, shout out JP Solis because what happened was I went to a 
open house at dub spot mm-hmm. and i saw jp solis who if anyone really is in this new york city scene in the past 10 years knows who that man is he was there doing an open house and i was watching him and i literally had visceral reactions in my body where i was like watching him djing mm-hmm. on turntables and i was like oh my god if i could learn from this man yeah. i want to do this thing i literally was like at this open house being like if this if i sign up is this specific man gonna he's like this you know short asian dude that like when you see him dj like he's got sweat dripping off him because he's in it yeah. it's never yeah. like oh yeah i know the song mixes with this song let me just do it. he's in it his like he's a real real og yeah. and he was the teacher for that season and i was like sign me the fuck up right now and i signed up and it's crazy because like it is this like interesting journey of like that classroom of like djs that had come up you know like and where everyone sort of went and lots of people that like didn't continue djing lots of people that continue djing or stayed in the scene and did different things people Mm -hmm. that ended up dying people that ended like Mm -hmm. so much that came out of that time of my life um but what was crazy was then i ended up full circle you know one of my best friends um, is is Jam Master Jay's son. Yeah, no. Uh, TJ Mazel. Wait, no. No, no. No, and that's Corey Jazzy Towns? Jeff's son. Yeah, oh, no, J- shout out Corey Zoo. Yeah, yeah, my fault. Also the homie. Um, and so TJ Jam- and I, <laughs> you know, TJ yeah. and I, we ended up meeting through, I was working at that time for Russell Simmons. Like, I was working in media, working mm-hmm. for Global Grind. And TJ was DJing one of our events. And at that time, I was just starting to DJ. And I was like, oh, hi, DJ. Let's see what the equipment he has. And I was peeping him. And he was like, what is this bitch looking at? You know what I mean? And then we we started having sessions. Me, him, his cousin was DJing, his best friend Taylor, and then who is now, you know, Tiga, creative director of Audio Mac. Like, we started building this community. Mm-hmm. And what was crazy was it was just it was in my apartment. Wow. And these are the people like when i always say this this is my like family that helped me really really take my craft serious these were the people like my brothers that were looking at me being like you have to take this seriously and i was like you have to remember this is like such a private sacred space that i've used it as art therapy through a divorce like i'm like new into all of this other shit and it's like i didn't want to share that part of my life because it was so divine to me it was so Mm -hmm. like this is my thing though. Why do I need to share this? Like this just became my thing. And it's the first time in my life I have found a thing for myself. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, when like these opportunities started coming, it was like, I mean, yeah, I want to DJ Beyonce's charity gala. And then it was like all these things where it was like, oh my God, when you actually put time into something you love, there comes a time where no one can deny that you know how to do that thing. Yeah. And like you have mastered a craft. And that is something that I'm so grateful for is that like 10, I was not in a rush something. to ever become a DJ. I was my goal was never to be a DJ. It was like, no, this was like my hobby and my therapy. And then people started wanting me to do it. And now it pays for my life. And like I never had imagined that for myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? I really always thought. I'm going to be climbing the media ladder and tech and maybe politics and like, you know, the things that were my background. And it's like, I really didn't think I would be doing this. And today it's like, 
you know, I've traveled four continents, DJing tours, my own tours, and like, it's like, that's so special because mm -hmm. there is something to like when you don't need to rush yourself, you know, like a friend of mine, you know, and I, we had this conversation where it's like, people are so hurried to pop off, you know, yeah. it's like, come on, let's go, you know, you got to get the right chain and the right auto-tune and like the right stylist and we're, and we're ready, you're a package and it's like, you're never going to fake when people are just doing something because they love it and that like, they're never going to stop doing it. For me, it's like Camel Assembly, DJ, it's like, this is just music actually, it's like, I don't do this for you. I do this for me. Like I started Camel Assembly because mm -hmm. I wanted it. You know, I started DJing because I needed it. And mm -hmm. it's like I think that's an important formula for myself that I've learned. It's mm -hmm. like follow what you need and what you want. Jay, as an artist, do you have a take on that? Like, do you feel like you need to rush it or just take your time? I know, I know you for years, so mm -hmm. I know you've been taking your time. So how did? What's your mindset on that? I mean. I can't agree more. I, I think, yeah, no, I, I can't agree more. I think usually um, what ends up happening is like when you get those feelings like you're being rushed, mm -hmm. a lot of the times it's because other people see things in you that, you know, you might see or you might not see or whatever at the point, but it really is when you start connecting with it the most on an honest level that it's going to translate for people. Mm-hmm regardless yeah you know what i mean like <clears throat> so it doesn't matter if you think you're ready or somebody's telling you you're ready like until you're connecting with it honestly it's not going to translate the way you need it to so yeah. you know that, honestly that's I why i gave you your time you never hear shit from me yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah, yo yeah, you scrapped yeah, that yeah. damn yeah, right. yeah i mean to be to be honest though there there is something to be said about being a perfectionist yeah you know, because striving perfection is striving for perfection is another thing that will also hold you back at the end of the day. Like a part of it is understanding that it's never going to be perfect yeah. and people don't aren't expecting for so it to yeah. be perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there, there is something to be said about, you know, not allowing that perfectionist mindset to keep you from putting something out. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's you, you do have to connect with it. You yeah. know, that's true. So. So you got into your career, right? Now, Camel Assembly, was that right after DJing? No, Camel Assembly, I started Camel Assembly um, <clears throat> actually four years ago this month. All right. Yeah, it's going to be our anniversary. So the anniversary is coming Happy up. Anniversary. Yeah, I'm going to invite you guys. It's going to be in yes. the garden next Sunday on the 22nd. You still here? On the 22nd of October? No, what? September. September. So. I'll still be here. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we in there. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be beautiful, like acoustic sets it's yeah. gonna be a good lineup um camel assembly was sort of the same thing where i was in this place where i was like you know i've got a lot of amazing women in my life and at that time because of djing i was hanging out with my boys a lot you know like mm. my crew the click it was it was you know dope roots i don't know if you know dope roots or record no, label no, no. but like those boys you know and i was you know, being able to like go to Toronto, hang out with my girls, and I would come to New York, and I would really actually physically feel the energy shift of like when you spend three days with women mm -hmm. versus three days with men. And I realized like I have really a lack of feminine energy in my life. And also, I have so many amazing women in my life that like I'm never gonna have the time and money to brunch with every single one of you. <laughs> 
Never. <laughs> Never. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, I have hundreds of amazing women in my life, now thousands. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think that, like, Afghan side of me. Do you think? Yeah. She's the best bartender. Yeah, I was going to say, let's get a drink. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I was like, wait. Bye. Yes. I don't want to it's nice. Like it, uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Sister. Thank you so much. What are you making over there? So, yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Um, you was into your womanhood. Uh, Toronto, you um, noticed the difference? Yeah. You were in good drinks. Like, talented. Um, and so I thought, so. it was like very much the Afghan side of me that was just like, I'm just going to host people and like, at least if I once a month bring women together or my sisters, my girls, like that's one more than usual that I'm going to get yeah. together with some of these girls. But the Capricorn in me was like, well, I'm not just unintentionally bringing people together either. Mm-hmm. It's like if we're going to come together and have brunch and, you know, sip mimosas, roll blunts, whatever it is, like. Let's make some shit together. Yeah. Let's incubate. Let's be creative. Let's it's, support each other. I was on that page for like two hours, just looking at the stories, just a story section. Mm-hmm. You got to see it. Every artist or creative, I would say creative, is different. Like she mm-hmm. gives, she gives them the platform, so they get to control uh, Kim Assembly's page, and they mm-hmm. show their whole like day or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like entertaining. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> and the community is so it's it's so incredible because like. I would, you know, I, I would really openly say that I think that we're one of the most diverse communities yeah, in the world. Everybody does you know? something. Like, I was like, have you ever thought about bringing men, doing the men? We've one? done, we've done um, all types of formats. So, like, for example, the 22nd, that's yeah. going to be, um, it's going to be more of a celebration. But we, I've done an assembly with 30 men in Chicago, for all example. Right. Like, we have done different formats. What we're, where we're at today is like Hamill Assembly, we're honoring that that is a women's space. We've tried different things, mm. but we know we care about all spaces, you know? Yeah. We care about spaces where women are together. We care about spaces where men are together. We care about spaces where everyone is together. Um, I think the way my... I've heard this before, actually, back to this marriage and therapist. My therapist at that time in my marriage had told me Three places always need to exist in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. A me zone, a you zone, and an us zone. Mm-hmm. And you can never just have one or two of those spaces. You always need to have all of them. Yeah. And I think that very much about society. I think there are places that men need to be together and have safe spaces. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's true for women together. And I believe that actually the place that most change will be made is when we are all together. Yeah. But what I'm honoring is that Camel Assembly is that space for women. And um, it has been just a really beautiful journey because what started as a brunch, you know, yeah. turns into a global movement within a year. And um, we went from being in New York and I traveled with a few girls less than a year later to L.A. And we sort of launched that community. And then my co-founder, she got involved, who's from Hong Kong, and she ended up launching Hong Kong. And then we spent two years on the road spending time in Hong Kong really like you know the thing about community building is you're not going to just go into communities and tell people what they want because that's not Mm -hmm. how it works right you have to go and listen and actually what I say about Campbell Assembly right now today at this four year mark is 
that we have spent the past four years as a focus group just listening. Yeah. Yes, we've done a lot of things. And yes, we have partnerships with the UN and we've gotten the Martin Luther King Jr. Award from MTV. And we've done a lot of things. But actually, we've done nothing more than listen. And I would challenge that not many brands have listened to their audience for as long as we have before they started making the products mm -hmm. and services. And that's where we're at right now, where it's like we've spent four years, you know, my co-founder and I, we lived in Hong Kong and Nairobi and Mumbai and London and Dubai and L.A. And um, we built these really active ecosystems of abundant women who are coming together and not just supporting each other, but making together, giving mm -hmm. back to the you know, camel assembly, the concept is like a camel. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about a camel? And when I say camel assembly, like, what are you guys thinking? Why is it camel assembly? As two men, tell me, why would it be called camel assembly, this women's organization? Oh, man. When I think of a camel, I don't <laughs> Slow moving. I don't know. That's a good one. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say slow moving. I would say... Camels are very reliable. Yeah, they're good uh, on travel. But good framing. That, don't they hold? Don't they hold water? And they. I'm sorry, but when you all right. think about camels and women, the first thing y'all think about is slow moving. I did. <laughs> y'all think about camel toe. I mean. Oh, camel toe. All right. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's usually people are like humps, and like all these types of things. And the camel actually is a unique creature. If yeah, you take I don't know care, much about the camel. If you take care of a camel. It has unlimited service to provide you, right? A camel just keeps going, you know? It's the actual, it takes you through the journey. And the whole thing about the camel the is desert. Be I mean, it's believing that you have the resources within you to get ahead in your journey. Camel assembly was created with the thought that like, let's take care of one another so that mm. we have unlimited service to provide our community. See, that over my head. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's the point, is that like all right. it is very Who thoughtful. Thought of that? I did. Oh, see, all right. That went over my head. Well, you know what? Honestly, it was a very divine moment because in that first brunch, I knew that it was about to be a thing. It was so electric and like it was in 2015, pre-Trump, pre this like, yeah, I know the women's conversation is mm -hmm. a big conversation today yeah. and in the past couple of years, this is before all of that. This was when women weren't actually being as abundant as they are right now. This mm -hmm. is before they weren't being like, Future is female. This is when we're just like, bitch, don't ask me for a tampon in the bathroom. You know? And that still exists, but like very much more in 2015. And so that was a time where it was like, let's come together and let's be abundant with our mentalities. You know? Like, let's realize that if I shine light to you, yeah. it doesn't take light away from me. It just gives more light to all of us. And it really, that's why it became a rapid movement because if you give anyone a space to feel safe and heard, you know, they, they want to not only take care of themselves, but the second they feel like they're taken care of, they want to, they want to give back. They want to take care of their community. I, they yeah, I noticed that. I was like, each creative on that page, they all showing what they do. Like they giving tips. They, I was like, yo, they giving out secrets and all types of stuff. I'm, you got to see it. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's good. Especially the sisters. It was like, uh, I don't know. They from LA. They did a whole party, in like a day. They set up a party. I forgot what they mean. Honestly, I'm so grateful to say there's thousands of women now yeah, that I'm oh, like, man. I love you all. <laughs> that was it. Was good. Um, now, now we get to the where you at today. Your dating life. Oh no! I said, <laughs> is there anything off the record? 
Okay. You wrote it in a questionnaire. You what said did I say? situationship. Oh my god, I didn't know we were All getting right, into before, the situationship. Yeah, before we get into that, <laughs> define what's your de- what's your definition of a situationship? My situationship is that I you know what? Is that I um uh I'm deeply in love with somebody who's currently in jail. How long? Let's not get insane. All right. Is it long? Is it long? No, no, God willing. He's coming out. Absolutely. All right. Yeah. So that's not that bad. Do you make visits? Yeah. All right, cool. (laughs) Jay, where you at with um, situationship, the definition? What is like? Yeah, go ahead. I don't know. I mean, I... Tough one to talk on. Because when she she was the first one that put it. Yeah. As oh, I one, thought you meant what is my situation. No, you no, want to no, know no. The, well, definition? the definition. Your definition of a situation. Oh, I thought you meant the definition of yeah, like a thing where it's not like, you know, like. It's not fully clearly understood because there might be contextual time place details that like. It's a something. It's just not a. Something. Oh no, it's a something for me, but it's just like a time, place, contextual like thing. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's like I guess when something is established, right? When you're in a routine, maybe is when it's like the routine part. The routine yeah. thing yeah, yeah, I think yeah. is when you're like, yeah, it's like we we're not in a routine at this. Well, we have our own routines, but yeah. like, hmm. I think a situation ship is like when you actually don't, it, just like me, when you're sort of speechless, you don't know how to describe it, you don't have the answer. Right. You know what it is? You know what a situation ship is? When the people in the situation don't actually have the answers themselves yet. I think that is and when it's, it's like. Going with the flow. Uh, I think life. when you have the answers, you're like, yeah, it's a relationship or it's not, right? But when you don't really have the answers, it's there's not clarity. Mm-hmm. I think that's when it's like, it's a, it's a situation. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, because that I thought about that when she was when she put it, I was like, Yo, "What's the situation?" Shit? I mean, yeah, when you, you think about it, I be, yeah, I believe like when nobody you can, when you can when you can properly <laughs> explain something to somebody, yeah. that means you know it, you yeah. know what it is. Like yeah, when yeah. you can properly articulate something, like this is what it is, da da da. You can do it simply, then you know you know what it is. If you can't properly articulate whatever it is that's going on, it's a situation. Shit. You know it's something, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 enough yeah. to like you know have your mind working about like damn what could this be? But if I I can't properly articulate it, then it's something. But it's you know it's a situation. Shit, that's good. You know that's that's how I would def- define that's, it. I guess. Yeah. I I don't know if I could do the jail thing. Like I'm thinking about that part now. Oh, because like I have problems talking to people that's not in the same area. I'm like I get bored like. How was your day? How was your day? like? I can't do the long distance thing, so that's something like that's similar to long distance. It's, it's different like, when you're in love though, because like love is a drug. Right. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know. All right, mm-hmm. that's that's true. It also depends on like, I mean, what y'all talking about, man? You know, they have those the, the same thing you say about like, you know, small minds talk about people mm-hmm. and like you know that yeah. whole cliche or whatever. Like, you know, if you connect with somebody on that level, then Y'all can figure out something to talk about. Yeah. And being that Yella does like a whole bunch of shit, she has a, a whole lot to talk about. So that's good. He's living his life through you. 
<laughs> so that's it. Nah, he's living his life. He's living his life very fully. That's good. Now, and then this this went over an hour. Um, my question that I normally ask is, for a person going no, let's go. You, you talked about your healing process. Your main healing process was DJing, or was that your main thing? Absolutely. All right, because you said you have a therapist. No, I had there. I had done therapy through the ends of my marriage, but like when I was going through the divorce and like going into that next chapter of my mm-hmm. life, like it was just art therapy. It was just DJing. Like that was I would just zone for hours in my home. Yeah. Um, and it was the first time I had lived alone in my life. Yeah, I had gone from living with my family to my husband to myself. So. It was staying, just staying music. busy. It was, was music. It, just staying busy and music, and that was it. Well, I was working. I was working. I was like, you know, starting to build community. Gotcha. Now, my next question is: I ask everybody the same thing. For a person going through a heartbreak or breakup, what's your advice for them? That every person you've loved reminds you you could love again, right? Mm-hmm. Like, That's, yeah. It's like, I just feel like it's, ne- it's like just that perspective that like life is long. You know what I think? That's the message I'm trying to tip right now personally. Mm-hmm. Life is long. I think this life is short narrative. I get it. But it's very scarce and like I think we need to have more abundant thinking and life is really fucking long. It's too Mm -hmm. long to have a career. It might be too long to just love one person. You know what I mean? Like, I think that people need to stay steady. Life is fucking long. Strap in. (laughs) I wanted to ask other questions. You never thought about, like, were there any moments in your life where you thought about your ex or something comes up? Like, let's say you see somebody. You had that thought, like, oh, he reminds me of my ex. Uh -uh. No moments at all? No, it's so interesting because that relationship really feels like a different lifetime. Where it's so disconnected. And it's not like there's actually no strings to my life today with that life. Mm And it's like, it's not hard to, like, not think about it because it's not like... Oh, we have a whole. We don't have one mutual friend, not one. You know what I mean? You like, never thought to like look him, like see if he's what he's doing. Nothing. I mean, when I knew him, he didn't have social media, so it's like I doubt he did. Like I don't, yeah. I don't, I, I don't care to All be right. honest, because you have to remember, I wasn't in love with him. Gotcha. And I think it's like I no, I definitely would be that way about men I'm in love with. I'd be highly obsessed for sure. I'm not any different than every other person in the world, you know. Like, mm-hmm. but I wasn't in love with him, so for me, it was like when I was free. I was definitely just looking forward. Yeah, yeah. You know, there was a lot of fighting that I had to do still in that time, um, personally, as a woman and a woman in my culture. So what if I didn't you, really look back. <laughs> what if you randomly get a, get a call and it's a booking from him? Would a you what? take it? Like him to, to book you as a DJ? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Give me your money. I miss it. <laughs> Last but not least, what song would you like to dedicate to your ex? Mm. I, want me to tell you what you put? Ten. Alanis Morissette, 
not awareness. Wait, wait, if oh. you say you ought to know, you don't know. No, me. no, 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 no. You put you're uninvited. Alanis Morissette. That's yes, that's okay, what it, Google, yeah. yeah like, Un- uninvited, Alanis Morissette. I never heard the song, but I'm doing the playlist, and all these songs are going on there. Are you? Yes. Good. <laughs> I can't play it right now. Really good. Play yeah. a clip. Play a little clip. Little clip. <laughs> this song is literally. Alanis Morissette is so talented. What is she doing right now? This is sad. <laughs> oh, it's so good though. Got it. <laughs> oh man. This is later in life. <laughs> she always had problems. Nah. With- that's oh, definitely old Atlantis. That's the one she first came Alright, that's when she really had the problems. Oh, Alright. Alright. Man. Oh, wow. Thank you, Yelda. This has been a, a good that episode. Stay This is yeah. <laughs> was it like therapy for you? It's you just get... you know what? I always have to just like apologize to everyone who has to listen to my voice for an hour. Like I'm just like, nah, you know this what? is good. Nah, Bless not you. At all. Oh my god. <laughs> This has been a good episode. I want to thank you for taking your time out. Thank I know you, you. got to go somewhere in a little bit. All good. Thank, thank you, you for, for having me. Yes, and Jay, thank you for being on this episode. I mean, thank you for letting anything me you learned from Yoda, huh? Anything you learned mm. from? Him? I feel like every time I sit down and get a chance to hear the opposite sex talk about relationships, I learn something. So yeah, yeah, this was different. What'd you yeah. learn today? What'd you learn? <laughs> I mean. Off the record, we could do it. Off the record, man. Just guys, need to, <laughs> we just need to listen a lot more, man. Like you know, at the end of the day, I feel like whether it's like gender roles or oh, I mean, I don't know who's off the record. Yeah, right. <laughs> but like you know, I I don't know if it's like you know just gender roles or society, how we're bred, how we're raised, or whatever. But you know, guys, we have our own set of like you know pitfalls and things we got to figure out too we don't necessarily have have uh you know rule books or handbooks or whatever for that type of stuff so you know not to say that i mean listen i've spent the last couple of weeks hearing some of my girlfriends tell me some fucking horror stories the crazy stories like some shit that's been like listen man i you know I, I will never build myself as the greatest guy because I know I've made mistakes myself, but I've heard some of the wildest shit and it's just made me be like, you know, I, I get, I understand now, you know, the need for these spaces for people to be able to talk and, you know, I, I agree with the me space, you space, yeah. us space, yeah, that's you know dope. what I mean? I think, it, I think it's like, you ever heard, I, we've had this conversation about money before, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the whole yeah. rich dad, poor dad thing, you know what I mean? And and it, it, like, one of the base ideas in that book is, like, they don't teach you about money in school, right? And the school is, like, the time where, like, you really kind of learn about your social mm-hmm. relationships with people and mm-hmm. how to interact with other people. But you learn about money at home. Mm-hmm. So if your parents are good with money or they're bad with money, that's, you know basically the same thing and it's kind right. of the same thing with relationships yeah you don't really learn how to te- interact yeah. with people experience exactly and in a healthy say. way yeah, yeah. in a place where you really do most socializing so if your examples for like a relationship or what you might think is healthy or unhealthy is at home and that's like really your only example to deal with then you know it is what it is so 
you know, like I said, I just kind of take all of these situations or whatever where you, you get a chance to like hear the opposite person and what That's they're why really I did this feeling. Podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy you did. Yeah, yes. yeah. I want to thank y'all for coming out. It's been a good episode, y'all. Yeah, thank you yes, for yes, having yes. me. Oh yeah, Taking for me real. Out of my comfort zone. All right. <laughs> word, word. Follow Views of an X on Spotify, Apple Music, and on IG or whatever. I don't have a Twitter. I'm not doing Twitter anymore. And I hope y'all enjoyed this episode. Thank you. Yeah.